Welcome to Dual Win Games, episode 29. Today, we review Cthulhu Death May Die, and we continue with the Board Game Geek Top 250, numbers 75 through 51. We are your hosts. This is Ryan here. And this is Tim. No Michael today. Whew. Uh, it's, took a while to get rid of him, but we finally were successful. <laughs> we just, we wore on him. <laughs> So he's got curling tonight. That's his excuse. Oh, that's but, what he's doing? Uh, he's getting a new job, so he's got that going on. So we'll see what his schedule looks like when he gets one, and he's hopeful he can continue doing the podcast. So I know he was really big into uh, talking up the Canadian national board game as well, Crokinole. You think he's playing that at his curling event today or he no? He probably is. He's probably heading off a Crokinole tournament. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I didn't believe him. And recently, actually, I think it was on Twitter, someone posted something about in reference to the Canadian dexterity game Crokinole. So apparently... It's of Canadian descent? Uh, uh, apparently. Or is it just like a lot of Canadians play it type of thing? You know, I didn't look into it that much. Okay, because he made it sound like it was like a clearly of Canadian... like Right, like they're waving the yeah. banner up there. I mean, it's... it could be true, but it was just a weird... Weird thing. <laughs> I that, don't. I don't really trust him after his artwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. He was saying that the artist from uh, Architects of the West Kingdom was the same guy who did the art for Champions of Midgard. So right. he lost his uh, his credibility. Yeah. You think maybe that's why he didn't come back today? <laughs> I don't think he's worried about his credibility. <laughs> he doesn't have a whole lot of cred, so. <laughs> So let's get into it, Tim. Uh, what have you been playing lately? Well, we were going to have ourselves a little D&D. We were? We were. And we didn't? Correct. We did not. Wisconsin weather intervened. It did. Unfortunately, you know, that's kind of what we live with is just a lot of snow. Yep. Eight months of the year. Yep. Getting blizzard weather. Yep. But luckily... You live close enough to me that you were able to uh, fight through that storm. Yep. And then uh, Aaron, you know, he works just a few miles away, and it's on his way back home. So, you know, right. it works out where he can just stop by because he has to get home at some point. <laughs> so, really, I think he used my house as just like a rest stop to try to, like, wait rest the area. storm out. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, you brought along the Crown of Amara. I did. I had no idea what this game was going to be. No when, clue, huh? When you brought it. Not really. Okay. I've heard of it. Other than that, I never really looked into it. Didn't know what to think. But I was very surprised. I liked it quite a bit. The way it's set up, you have basically two boards that you're looking at. So one board is kind of your resource gathering. You're moving around the board and kind of wherever you're pawn lands that's the resources you're going to pick up and then your other board is mostly how you're going to gain your uh, victory points and the interesting thing though is that there's basically two victory point well not two tracks but you yeah, there's two tracks yeah well it's on one track but you you're gonna yeah. you, you basically score victory points in two different. Yeah, you're scoring citizen points and building points. Right. 
And at the end of the game, you're going to score your lowest of the two, correct? Mm-hmm. And that brings back strong memories of another game that we love here on the show. What's that? Prodigal's Club. Yep, that one has, what is it, three scoring? Yeah, I think that one has three. And then, yeah, it, that one's just funny. Just, just talking about it makes me want to play it. Cause I know. Like the humor in it, and then and there it sits. Yep, the three three tracks. You're losing all your money, all your friends, and all that stuff. It's just, you know kind of story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why we like it so much because yeah. we can all relate to yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> hey, look at this poor sap. He's worse off than I yeah. am. But his is by choice. <laughs> so, anyways, crowd of Amara. I liked it quite a bit, not as much as Prodigal's Club, I'll say that right off the bat. But yeah, it just kind of, uh, you're just getting resources, you're spending those resources on different things to score victory points, and you know, like I said, you're kind of, you're trying to time out where you can score, you know, either the people points or the building points, Uh, and it was very, very interesting. Yeah, I think my favorite part of the game is... When you pick your action card, you take the action of your card as well as a slot that you put it in. You get to do in whichever order you want, but the action will depict something like either gain resources or take an action on this location, whatever. And then the other is moving one of your counselors or one of your meeples on one of those two boards. And however far you move them, where you land, you take the action, and you can pick whichever board you want to move them on. So timing that part out... And setting up combos that way was the most interesting part of the game for me. Yeah. Just timing that stuff. Um, I wasn't, like, huge on the game, but I did enjoy it. It's something I would probably want to play, you know, every once in a great while. It didn't have, like, it's it's a probably a lightweight medium game, I would say. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, I would say. It goes, we had kind of mentioned, it goes quicker than you think, especially the first time I had played I thought it was way too fast. The second time, you know, I was able to get more done and stuff. It's For me, it's not quite, it's not in that, like, Castles of Burgundy, like, that type of range where, like, it's, I really enjoy it, and the the weight is about the same, but it's one I want to play a lot type of thing, you know? Okay. But I would, I would still, you know, I'm fine with it. It's kind of like in that Everdell range, that type of weight and how much I like it type yeah. of thing. I would almost I would almost say that this it has more weight to it than Everdale does. It's got a little bit more because of the timing and figuring out yeah. which one you want to move on and stuff. Is is your is more a little more thinking with that as far as, but it kind of gave me, you know, f- a feel of Porto Nigra almost where you're playing yeah. through those action cards, you know, and you you go through them twice. I don't remember how many times we went through in Porto Nigra, but you. Grab a few cards, those are your action cards for the round type of thing. And it's got that similar weight range, you know. Yeah, and even, you know, you could almost say as far as the movement around the board as well because in, in Port of Nigra you're moving around and then yeah. kind of the same with this. So yep. I would I would agree with that. Another one that we had played uh, recently at game day, Tim, was Twa. I'll, I'll say that for you. Twa? <laughs> yep. Are or, you sure? Troyes, as some of us like to call it, but that is spelled T R O Y E S. Troyes. <laughs> yes, I went into this knowing it would be a game that you would likely despise. 
So tell me what you thought first, and then I'll give my feedback. Yeah, you hit it right <laughs> on the head. Yeah. I I didn't get it for you, and I knew. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit here. <laughs> so before we played, so in preparation for the podcast, so surprisingly, I do prepare for this. Dude, stump me on that. <laughs> I do. Uh, so, anyways, I watched a uh, a video or a few videos of Twa to Very kind nice. of uh, see. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm I'm getting it. So, I watched a few videos on it to kind of prepare because it does show up later in the top 250. So, I I had an idea of what I was going into. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about. The whole, you know, you have dice, but they're not really your dice because people can buy them from you. People can bump you off other tracks and this and that. Yeah, super interactive euro. Right. And, yeah, it <laughs> it lived up to it in that aspect of me really not wanting to, to yeah. try it again. I, I wouldn't say I'd, I would never play it again. So it's not as low as Hansa yet. Correct. Yet. Correct. Okay. I would definitely if if you put out Hansa and Troy's Twa right next to each other and you told me I had to play one, I would pick Twa. As of now. <laughs> but once, once people start screwing you over more in Twa and we know what we're doing a little better. Yeah, so my strategy though was to to get as many dice as I could. And kind of force you guys to buy them from me because I assumed that money was going to be tight and it wasn't tight at all. I constantly had a ton of money. Everyone around the table had a ton of money. So it never really hindered anything in that aspect. There was... Now, I know what you're saying as far as, but there were so many times where I wish I had more money so I could buy a bunch of dice and take better actions. So, I mean, yeah, we're able to scrap together and buy single dice, once in a while double yeah. dice, you know what I mean? But there was many times where I wanted to have that extra cash so I could take that big, big boomer action, but I just didn't have the money to do it. And I think the I, setup, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the setup of the activity cards and stuff and the events is going to dictate whether this game is tight on money, loose, or just kind of in between. I think we kind of had like a regular one because we did have one activity card that helped give money okay. and stuff. So, you know, I mean, it's our first play, so I don't know on that. But there were times where I wanted like, man, I wish I had 15, 12, 20 more coins to buy mm -hmm. Tim's six and Michael's five, you know, type of thing. Yeah. But I would say if you like these style of games where it's kind of free-flowing as far as the actions you can take, the only thing that limits you is the number of dice that are out there and if other people are scrapping them up. Uh, you know, because somebody could pass and then they're basically gaining coins the longer they're out of the round. But, um, you know, if you like stuff like that for me what what bugged me was you know i'm pre-planning in my head as much as i can <laughs> and then all of a sudden somebody would swoop in and buy a couple of my dice and yeah. then i'm i'm not sure then you know then it just throws everything off and so what i like though is 
is that push pull and it's like sometimes rolling low dice is good because okay maybe i'll get to use them or and having a lot of influence you keep your dice at like that one or two and if you have a bunch of influence you can you spend them. it flip them use them right away you know i'd like that um but i can see where people you know i have no doubt people playing like someone like you or mm-hmm. other people would get frustrated playing this game um it was our first play i was sketchy on the rules i had read through them Twice, actually. So I read through it once, and it was kind of scattered across, you know, like a week or something. Okay. And then I read it another time, like the night before. You know, I'm super tired and stuff, but I still read through it. I was like, okay, I got I got it. This feels a little different than anything I've played. And I was explaining the game, and I'm like, I knew I was not doing a very good job of explaining the game or how to explain it. I could do a lot better now, having played it. But when I was explaining the rules, I'm like, man, I don't... I don't know if I'm going to like this. Ugh, I don't know. And then, like, when I played it, and after the first round, everything started clicking. And for me, at least, it started making more sense. I started enjoying it more. And since playing it, now, after having played it, yes, I enjoyed it. I didn't absolutely love it. It wasn't like an instant, oh, my gosh, this is great. But I did enjoy the game. I liked the events, those coming out. Everything's just slapping you left and right you're you know you're just in a fist fight with your opponents buying their dice and all the different stuff that you're doing you're trying to figure out the end game scoring goals for everyone i really really like that a lot is figuring out what they might be going for hedging your bets i think aaron did it best where he did his scoring goal you know in that middle range but then he was working towards other scoring goals yeah but yeah i I keep thinking about it after having played it, so that's always a good sign. You know, I want to get it to the table a couple more times and see how I fully fledged out plays and how much I like it. Hmm. I would almost say it's so. So you know what the holidays? A lot of uh, like companies they'll bring in treats for another company. So the company that I work for, a lot of times up in the office, different treats will show up up in the front. So I almost see this as recently a bag of candy showed up up in the, uh, the front little break room area. And you know, when you see like those caramels that are like in the little like wax paper rolled up, you know, kind of what those look like. Okay. So there was a bag of those. So my mind was, Ooh, this kind of looks good. I pulled it out and tried one. You when, know what it when, was? When did you ever think you would like this, though? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but anyways, I ended up eating. I took a bite of this, and it was like black licorice Ugh, caramel. That's terrible. Yeah, and this is how I felt when I bit into this game. It was well, like, Well, I appreciate oh. you not spitting all over the game after trying it out. Yeah, I did not. So that was <laughs> a plus. And I'm glad you mentioned the rules explanation because... I got dealt as first player. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You went through the rules, and I had no idea how to play the game. Yeah, I barely even had an understanding of what was going on. Like, I knew how it worked, but I was like, I don't know. I couldn't convey it hardly, and the artwork on this is not pretty. Yeah, it's not pretty. Um, It's got, like, a weird angular charm, if you want to look at it that way, but some people really enjoy it. I personally don't care yeah, for the artwork at all i know it's not your style 
No. It's not the flashy glitz stuff. <laughs> it's not, it's not all glitzy and glamoury. That's true. It's not. <laughs> and maybe that's why it reminded me of Hansa quite a bit, because the art on that I don't like either. Oh, Hansa, so good. You're a fool. <laughs> so I will say that uh, I think Aaron and Michael enjoyed it much more than you did. I think they're about my range. They didn't love it, but they were like, oh, you know, I like it, try it again type of thing. Yeah. I would try it again, like I said, but it would have to be matched up against the right game. Some, on a some real game. low. Yeah. Okay. So what else you got? Well, a while ago, probably six, seven months ago, I was at Half Price Books, <laughs> and I remember I, I found a game there called Bora Bora yep. by Stefan Feld, and... I had sent you a text and I asked you, hey, what do you think about this? Because I, I had not looked into the game before, so I was considering picking it up. And you actually talked me out of it. Mm-hmm. You said, no, it's... I said, I don't think you would like it. Right. <laughs> so, of course, you talked me out of it. <laughs> well, I don't know why you're listening to me to begin with. That's that's not my problem. I, You got me there. But regardless, flash forward to Christmas this year, Ryan gets Bora Bora for Christmas. So that was one of my new (laughs) recent plays. And I got to say, I kind of regret listening to you. I wish I would have just bought it because I I liked it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not huge on dice placement, uh style games like Twa is but uh for some reason this one so you're you have three dice you're going to roll those and those are kind of your actions and you could place those out on basically this track of cards all right so yeah you have a bunch of action tiles laid out there and you can move over land over water to place your huts out on the board um, you can pick up men or women tiles, which are going to give you special actions to take after the action phase. Yeah. Um, you'll also be able to go to the temple to get your priest and some additional bonuses. You'll be able to build some buildings. Um, and the last thing is a helper die, which basically lets you take little any number of different actions based on the pip value. Yeah, and so I... I really enjoyed placing those dice out there because I think there's enough that can mitigate that. You have those the different god cards. I think there's four or five different gods in the game. And each card's the same. It's just a different colored card. So like one of them... So normally the dice placement rules are when you place one down, you, you have to place a different die or the next player has to place a different die that's a lower value. Yep, so say a three is out there. I played a three, Tim. Now you or me to take an action on the picking up a woman tile now have to place a two or a one. Yeah. You have to place lower than any die currently on it. Yep. And those those god cards help mitigate that. And I don't know, it was just kind of clever how that works where you, you have to place, but it has to be lower. Yeah, it makes it so one high and low is valuable where low... It's better to take actions, but high is good right away to take, you know, the best action that you want right. type of thing. See, that's why 
when I you initially asked me and for whatever reason listened to me months ago <laughs> when I said now with future plays you might find your enjoyment leaning right but it could be very mean and cutthroat if I'm looking at what strategy you're pursuing and I'm placing a two out there you know yeah and you're just putting ones just to cut me off yeah it, but again you know as long as you have the right god cards yeah, if you if, have the the blue god card or yep. a god tile you invested in the temple and stuff right so basically those god tiles you can play that as if it's any yep. god card to help you know mitigate that so take it away so first initial play i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah i think this is feld's well maybe or at least close to you know i haven't actually played merlin you know that one looks nice like yeah. the art and stuff but this one looks really nice the colors and all that stuff mm -hmm. i like blues and greens so that helps oh but i like the look of the game um i really enjoy it it's right in line for me with castles of burgundy and trajan you know as far as how much i enjoy it um and it seemed to play pretty fast too yeah it, it does it does it goes i think it's six rounds but it does seem to breeze by once you know what's going on yeah. it's kind of like trajan in the sense where the actions are very easy you know to understand there's nothing complex about the actions there's just a lot of tiles and a lot of little things here and there like phases of the game to to know and stuff and how everything connects. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoy it. And with each play, I'm enjoying it more. How many times have you played this one now? Mm, four times, I think. Oh, really? I taught Sarah a few days ago, kicked my butt. So maybe it's because I suck at the game. So I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just, you want to play it more because you want to get better. Yeah. Yep. That happens to me a lot. <laughs> So the last one I have to talk about is Galaxy Trucker. Uh, me and Michael played this two-player. Uh, we just wanted to learn. Uh, he had read the rules. We just wanted like a learning, learning game. And I would suggest to not ever play this with two-player. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad I learned it, but I look forward to playing it with three and four players. With okay. two, it's so you're building up your ship. There's certain rules and whatnot to building it, but. Yep. At any point, one of the players can flip a sand timer, and then they're out of the round, and the other players then are on a race. You know, they have that much time until the sand timer runs out to keep building their ship. So what I don't like is, especially with two players, it's more pronounced. I flip the sand timer, and then Michael's got like another... Like a minute and a half almost. Yeah, a minute and a half about to, you know, set his ship up, and he just la-di-da, take his time... Where if there's multiple people doing it, you know, you feel a little more pressure. They're kind of scrambling. And the bonus I get for completing first or flipping it first and timing out is like my ship's one space ahead of yours once we get to the event phase or whatever it's called. Okay. And those, it doesn't really matter because someone can just zoom ahead of you right away. I, I don't know. I just, there wasn't any payoff for flipping the timer and like trying to put the pressure on someone else it felt for me at all do you almost think it would have been better if you like set a timer on a phone like a 20 second timer so instead of like just flipping a slant timer if you just hit yeah but they would have had that in the rules if they thought that was better well <laughs> the last round i think you flip it twice so every single round i was the one flipping it because i wanted to like 
You were trying to make them like sweat a little well, bit. Well, make and... it tense or something instead of just like I get to put my ship perfectly together exactly how I want it, you know? Because I knew that's how he would he would do it. Yeah. Just take his sweet time. So <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of annoying. Obviously, going into it, I knew that this is like just random luck. So I think with more people too, everyone's laughing more, having more. Okay. You know, it's that kind of game. Yeah. Then the event phase happens and it's just, just your, chaos, your ship's going to just get hit to crap um you know might be space pirates boarding up and killing a bunch of your crew it might be asteroids hitting you if you don't have the lasers to shoot them or basically roll a die and you see what part of your ship it hits and if you can deflect it or not with your shield just all sorts of okay different crazy stuff like that or picking up goods and then hoping that that part of your ship doesn't fall off or get destroyed before you make it through all the events type of thing yeah so I I would like to play with three and four, and maybe it's one of those games that I'll enjoy more the more I play it. But I feel like that the tenseness of me going out and then they still have so much time to yeah build their ship, and I get like no payoff for going out for that was the that was the part that was frustrating to me. The actual events didn't bother me because I knew what to expect. Oh okay yeah cause... so so don't go into it expecting like any strategy really or like focus on something because just, it's just going to go to it's just kind of a grab bag you're just going to yeah. grab what you can and just hold on yep I'm excited to try it mm-hmm. that's all I got that's all I got well if that takes care of that should we move on to our review for today let's do it and that is Cthulhu Death May Die Cthulhu Death May Die was designed by Eric Lang and Rob Davial and published by Simon or Come On, whatever, in 2019. It plays one to five players in 90 to 120 minutes. Cthulhu Death May Die is a cooperative game where each player plays an investigator. The goal of the game is to disrupt the ritual and kill the Elder One in order to win. The players lose in three different ways. Progression reaches space 8 of the summoning track. All investigators have been killed or consumed by madness after the Elder One is summoned, or a single investigator is killed or consumed by madness before the Elder One is summoned onto the board. Investigators will be running around the board killing enemies, collecting items, acquiring the help of others, and trying to disrupt the ritual. You will level up and gain powers with the more madness you obtain, all in an effort and end goal of slaying the Elder One. So, Tim, we got your game here, Cthulhu Death May Die. How are the uh, components, production quality of this sucker? I like the components, the production quality. You know, it's Cool Mini or not, or Simon, whatever they call themselves. They, to me at least, I always enjoy their production quality of their games yep they always do a good job uh their art on it looks really good uh the miniatures of course look outstanding detail on the miniatures is pretty awesome yeah and i will say i do have the kickstarter edition giant cthulhu i do not have the giant cthulhu it's terrible i drew the line but i have one major concern and it does end up boiling down to one of my negatives of the game as far as like production quality for it 
And that is some of the sizes of the room tiles. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's the second time we played, especially, you noticed we couldn't put everything on the tile. Right. And it seems like they're overly small. To begin with? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if they did it because they wanted the miniatures to appear bigger. <laughs> like one of those illusion type things. Like the, <laughs> they make the tiles smaller so the minis look bigger. Maybe, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. I, th- but... I think it was more maybe to try to fit more in the box. But I think they could have that made them. The box is pull... massive. I know it's massive. It's chock full though. You could make a TI4 box then. They could have, yeah. Could have made those tiles the right size then. I could. I have the Kickstarter exclusive box. I could weld that together. And... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Staple it. Yeah. But so each... It could be like a Viking funeral in that box. In the TI4 box or the... Oh, the, the Cthulhu... Oh, stapled together boxes? <laughs> I got nothing. You want to... <laughs> When somebody or our group passes away, we got to put them out in the pool in the coffin box <laughs> and shoot arrows at them. But yeah, that it to me it was it got obnoxious because some of the room tiles, some of them are big. You yeah, know, like there's a big ballroom, so it's a big tile, and then there's like a little hallway, and then like off the hallway there's like a single room with an objective token in there. Yeah, it's got like the the ritual marker in it or something. Right. And it's like so a it, tiny room. It's like, well, why? Yeah, and then not only that, it has like a spawn token in there too. So like people are constantly spawning in there. The last game we played, we had three investigators and we were basically, we had to get to a certain area. And no joke, I mean, we had the great old one on the board in this little like two by two room. And he takes up he, that whole yeah, thing. He takes up the with. whole room. And then there's like, it's just spilling over with like cultists. Our investigators can't even get in the room because there's so much stuff in there. You think they thought it was cute to do that? Like one of those like little annoyances where it's not like a big deal, but it's like obnoxious like, enough to really bug you. Like they saw it in quality <laughs> control and they're like, man, just send it through. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, what they need is one of those little uh, army boxes thing like uh, Axis and Allies always had or like War of the Ring, you know, and it overflows and you just put it off to the side and it's own little box. You can, oh, that's what you can use the box top for. Like, it's like a <laughs> s- spillover room. That's like the auxiliary room. where. <laughs> yeah. Besides what you said, I think the rest of production quality is good. Ooh. I will say, though, the player boards, they're decent thickness. Uh, you don't really notice because they are in the well overlays. So here's the thing, though. That's just Kickstarter. That's a Kickstarter exclusive. Okay. So there's like these plastic trays that basically snap around the player yep. boards, and then on your player board, you're tracking your health, you're tracking your sanity and your stress, and then some other stuff. And I almost think those are like essential. I would never want to play the game without those because if you bump the table. You, you're you keeping track of all these things with these little tentacle markers, but if it gets bumped, everything gets moved, at least with these, like, overlays. Everything's, like, contained. Yeah. And... I mean, how many times have we actually, in a in a game, like, bumped something? Like, it's nice to have that stuff. Like, I have the upgraded player boards for Terraforming Mars. Yeah. But 
if we had played with the like how much do you think it would be super annoying it'd be annoying to look at and like you got to make sure you're careful where now we can are you would you ever want to play terraforming mars without no i'm not saying i wouldn't but if i like from the get-go never had played with an overlay or something (laughs) you know i don't know any better Well, well if you don't know any better but i mean you could say that about literally anything yeah no i watched you almost destroy that tree in everdell that is a production issue. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do some hedging, you know, just trim up the tree a little bit. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. If I got the edition now and it wasn't a Kickstarter edition and I saw that you had those overlays, I'd be sad. You know, that type of thing where it's like, oh... Uh, like Marv has terraforming Mars, and he like asked me to use those overlays, you know, because <laughs> like he played it first without it, and then now he knows what else is out there. Right. So he knows there's greener pastures. Yeah. And yes, it you it is gonna happen in some game every once in a while where someone bumps a table like that, or you got little kids running around, and they you know. Right. A but, cat jumps on the table. Yeah. If you're normally playing, you know. A normal game, no one's gonna bump the stuff. Well, you gotta think too, because you're rolling dice and you're yeah. reaching and pulling miniatures on right. off the board. I was just trying to say, <laughs> I was trying to defend your game. <laughs> <laughs> so production quality overall, great minis, good artwork, and mostly good components. Yeah. How do you feel about the theme? How does it grab you? So you're asking me <laughs> if I. <laughs> Do you want to ask me first, and then you can rebuttal, or? Sure. I would assume (laughs) that you don't like the theme as much as I do. Well, obviously, you're a Cthulhu junkie, you and Aaron, and I'm just uh, tired out of Cthulhu. But when I look at a theme like this, I want it to, like, engross me, tell a story, and, like, scare me. I know that's hard in a board game, but I want it to feel... Tense, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, this didn't do a bad job, but it, it felt more, more comedic. You know what I mean? Like lighthearted type. I would style. agree. I would agree. Where it wasn't bad. It wasn't like uh, what was that? Mountains of Madness type. <laughs> that was terrible as far as the theme went and stuff. Yeah. But I wanted more, feel more tense, pressure. You know, I'm losing my sanity in my mind. I know that's that's really hard thing to capture in a board game, but I guess I wanted that feel more out of it. Okay. But it wasn't like the, you know, same tired old Cthulhu type thing either, where I was bored by it. Yeah. Okay. I would actually agree with you that you know, yes, I felt the theme. I felt like I was an investigator. You know, running into this school that's burning and you're fighting cultists and you're trying to complete missions. But if, if you're really going to boil it down and say, is this like a definitive Cthulhu game? Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I would say maybe it's my favorite Cthulhu game, not to spoil it all right away, but really more than Cthulhu Wars. I said, maybe. Okay. But does the theme make sense? Not totally because, you know, if you look at the subject matter, you know, the great old ones are these giant, you know, world eaters, basically. So 
the point of this is that you're like running in. You got a Tommy gun and you're taking them out. Right. You're like, you're trying to disrupt a ritual to spawn them on the board so you can kill them. Just take them out with uh, regular old bullets. Yeah, you got an axe. And yeah, you're just killing them. It's kind of right. like we were watching, uh, your son was watching tra- one of the Transformers movies during game day. And you got, what's the... Optimus Prime was... Well, what's the bad guy? Oh, boy. What is his name? But yeah, the 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 bad robot, I can't think of his name right Someone's now. Someone's going to email us about it too now. He's one of the Decepticon. Yeah, one of the Decepticon robots is trying to kill one of these humans. And he's flinging around... <laughs> Like somehow grabbing a chain and flinging around, he like can't kill him, and it's like watching like a clumsy idiot. I I don't know. It was like really frustrating watching like two minutes of that movie. Like, how can he not kill that person? Like, right? Are you kidding me? Right. The guy's like dangling from him, and he's like whirling yeah. around. Yeah, him. he's like, <laughs> and it just was. It is infuriating almost. So I just was like, okay, this movie's terrible, obviously. <laughs> I would say this game's better than that movie, first off. <laughs> uh, but secondly, you know, you made a good point earlier, though. Like, it's almost like a. It's not like it's a, not slapstick, but it's more of a lighthearted it's, comedic take. It's on along it. those lines because, you know, we always kind of made jokes about it being like, you know, you play the Benny Hill music because like, one guy runs out of a room. And he's chased by like four cultists, and one guy, yep. somebody else is still standing in the room. Yep, someone else is in the room, like about to stop the ritual or something. Right, and, and everyone's like chasing him around. It's just goofy. You kill a cultist, they spawn right back, right next to you. Yeah, you kill those big beefy guys, like the mini gods, or I don't know what they're yeah. called. And then it's like a star spawn. It just kept popping just, back up. Yeah, I kill him, and he's he spawns up a turn later, two rooms away, and it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> that thing looks beefier than the other one. We're going to be fighting pretty soon. Yeah, so as far as theme goes, you know, it's there, but don't expect it to be this big doom yeah. and gloom game. Either. It's more there in the artwork and yeah. stuff. So, should we jump into the gameplay? Let's do it. All right, let's hear it, Tim. What do you got? Give me a little something to chew on. A little something to chew on? Uh, as far as gameplay goes, uh, you know, one of the things I really liked about it was... Any test you're going to do, any combat you're going to do, you're going to roll these dice. And the dice are going to do damage or, you know, depending on, I guess, the, what your roll is. You're going to get successes. You're going to roll those little stars, which sometimes they mean something depending on your character. And then sometimes... Yeah, be a little special ability. Right. Or you're going to get a tentacle. So if you keep those rolls, you can take stress to re-roll them. But if you keep like the tentacles, you're going to take madness. So you're tracking that on top of your player sheet. So as you get to certain spots on there, you get dealt a madness at the beginning of the game. When you get to a certain spot on your madness track, your thing's going to trigger. I'm not sure if I'm 100% sold on those because... On uh, the uh, the condition cards or the, actual the madness? Con- the actual condition cards. I like the madness. So I guess I'll keep going on that because also your condition card's going to trigger, but also you're going to be like leveling up. So every time you hit that threshold, you level yourself up. You might get extra dice when you roll. I like that part yeah. where the, the crazier you get, you know, the more 
basically risks or stronger, more powerful your character becomes. Right. He's closer to death. He's he's just going crazy. Yeah. Because you lose the game by getting to the top of that track by going completely insane or just dying. I like that you actually you have choices on you know what ability you want to take next type of thing. That's that's nice. Yeah. So to go back to those madness cards or the condition cards, they seem because you get a random one at the beginning of the game, and they're kind of there, but it's just kind of like some of them are really they almost help you, and then other times you get one, and it. Like hurts more than they, anything. They it seem just, really situational or circumstantial, yeah. like incredibly so. Like the one game, you know, some of the, it was triggering for some people and benefiting them, is hurting others, and like a different game where it did, just didn't matter, didn't do anything the whole game. Yeah, just, it's really swingy as far as not not. I don't say necessarily in a good or bad way. Just kind of like yeah, just kind of a random like it might hurt you, it might help you. Might not mean anything all game, type right? Of thing. So that's why I'm not. That's like one of the things on that track that I'm like, mm, I could take it or leave it. You know, it's fine, but it's just kind of there. You know, I did feel some of the player powers were, you know, way better than others. You know, we played a couple games with uh, the one guy who could die and come back. Rasputin. Rasputin. That's it. And. I played um, the Indiana Jones character. I can't remember his name offhand. Yeah. But I think he was just really fast, and that was pretty much all I had going for me. <laughs> so it was like almost uh, you know player power envy in a sense because like oh that guy can die and yeah he can just run in there back. and start fighting and he dies he just comes back three times right. or whatever. I can sprint ahead, but then I'm you can't sprint. That far yeah, anyways. <laughs> like. So, you know, that's kind of there. It wasn't, you know, it didn't take away or hurt the game for me at all. Uh, but I could see maybe others not caring for that. Uh, I do, I will say I did like the uh, kind of how they did the game. So each game you're going to pick a great old one to fight. And then you're going to pick a basically a little tuck box and that's basically the chapter or the story that you're going to play that game. So in the first one, you're basically running into a burning school. So then all of the cards that come out, they have they kind of have to do with that or geared towards certain monsters in that. And then the, it also shows how to set up the game board. And then the next time we play, we play, you know, scenario two. And that's something completely different. The games, the you know, the game set up different. All the tokens and cards are all right in that tuck box. Yeah, so I agree. The episode variety, as in the number of episodes, is a great thing. Like with all the different elder ones and the episodes, rituals or whatever themselves. Yeah. But like in gameplay, it just felt the same. Like both the times, just kind of gunning through, killing everybody doing whatever little thing to stop the ritual and then kill the big bad. Yeah, and that's the overall thing is no matter what one you're going to play, you're going to disrupt the ritual and then kill the bad guy. I did, I at least found that some of the stories or the scenarios were different as far as what you had to do to disrupt the ritual. I would hope. Yeah, because like one of them was 
the there was a big ball. So we had to try to find these there was like fifteen tokens that were placed face so down and like. What I mixed think up. would be cool is if like part of that game you're actually like taking part in this gala ball, this ballroom thing and like going around talking to people, like actually talking to them, not just like trying to grab a token or you know what I mean? I yeah, mean, I know well, that's a totally different style of game, but I guess that's what I was, and I knew what kind of game this was, but that's like what I'm hoping for out of a Cthulhu game because it feels more Cthulhu-like where I'm actually an investigator going around, figuring out what the shit's going on in my mind because I'm going nuts yeah. and figuring out what what is this, like what's going on. Yeah, yeah, well, right, but that you know that's not this game. This game, I know. but that would have been cool, like you go to this... Oh yeah, I, I agree. It would be cool to go and you know flip a card. Oh, I'm talking to talking to that guy, I'm Colonel this, Mustard I'm on now. App and, yeah. yeah, Colonel Mustard is here playing Rococo and uh, making dresses, <laughs> and I'm at a ball, you know. Right. But no, this one that scenario, you just you go in, you could take an action to like investigate, quote unquote. So you just flip over two to- two tokens to see if they're the you know the bad guys you're looking for. And then different stuff might trigger, and then you might like shuffle up the people, so you kind of like lost track of everyone. You got to try to find them again. So that one, that one was pretty cool, and that was quite a bit different from the ones that I had played with you too. Yeah, sounds like it for sure. I did like how you know each you know tuck box kind of helped with setting the game up in a sense. You know, you just kind of pour everything out. Yeah, because had all the tokens and stuff that you yeah, need for the the tokens, the cards. I liked how it was actually pretty easy to teach and learn and to kind of just get into it. You know, once we had the game set up, last game we played, it w- you know, we had it set up and it's, okay, you take three actions, here's the actions you can do. It's pretty simple, basic in a sense, and you just kind of go at it. And to me, it was it was just a lot of fun. I liked the game quite a bit. You know, is it super thinky where you're trying to you know min max every action you're gonna do no it's not really that style of game you're just kind of running gunning it had a feel of like the old hack and slash style of games where you're gonna run in a room and slash up a bunch of guys and they're gonna respawn soon again anyways but you know that's just kind of part of the fun you're just running around just chucking dice and that for me is where another like disconnect is where it just doesn't feel Cthulhu like mm-hmm. where I, you know that. yeah we we talked about that yeah when we went over theme too where that kind of fell off a little bit so I like the stress and re-rolling that you're able to you know you get terrible rolls you can do some re-rolls and you can gain that stress back I wish there was a way to somehow manage the sanity a little bit not yeah. like crazy but maybe some way to lower my sanity a little bit and yeah maybe i lose my special ability ability then too so i get punished for yeah whatnot it wasn't like a huge thing but it was just kind of one of those little things every once in a while i was like oh man I, nothing i can really do anymore i just gotta hope i don't roll any tentacles or i'm dead yeah type of thing i would agree i liked you know you it was really easy to manage the stress and your health because one action you can take on your turn is to rest so you can heal basically three health or three stress. Yep. 
but there was we never came across anything that you could heal your madness. Now I'm sure there's more in it. I did not play all the scenarios. I played I think I played six games of this. And I think in the base game, the base box, I think there's six scenarios. And I played all but two, if I remember correctly. I'd have to look again. But still, that's over half of the content that I've seen. And none of it had anything that I could find that could lower your madness. And I think in every game, just about someone was always going insane at the end. Because there was no way to kind of take that. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's kind of hard to, you know, justify not taking Madness early on because it's like, well, this track's huge and I can level up my abilities. I can do this and that with when I, you know, get crazier. So why not just blitz up and... It's not too bad because if you do generally die, you're not waiting around too long most of the time, you might get unlucky every once in a while where some guy is out at the beginning of the, after the elder one has been spawned. Yeah. And he's got to wait around, you know, for like a half hour or something. But normally we haven't seen that any more than like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. And that's another thing I like. So. Player elimination. Right. Big on it. In this game, <laughs> I am. Only because how it works is if. If the elder one isn't spawned and someone gets killed or goes insane, the game's over. You lose. But if the elder one is summoned onto the board and somebody dies and goes insane, they're out. So like you said, it, it doesn't... Typically when it's that not, happens, yeah. it's you're right at the end. It's not like you're... a little you're, sad, though, because you guys played like three or four rounds after I had died. And I was yeah. just like sitting there. Wishing I could roll dice or something. Yeah, you got pretty unlucky <laughs> the way things spawned to you. Yeah. And just kind of wiped you out. So probably my two biggest negatives. You know, we had talked about kind of some pros and cons. My biggest cons, you know, setup time seems kind of fiddly or takes a while, but that's to be expected with the amount of tokens in the game and, like, the setup boxes and stuff. The gameplay was... No, I didn't play that ballroom scenario, so maybe that would have helped with it. Yeah. But the ones that I had played, it was basically the same thing. You know, this is how you stop the ritual. They didn't feel very different on how to stop it. Just kill some enemies, kill the elder one, and that's what you're doing. You're just rolling dice, trying to kill them. And then I didn't have much room. I know there's not going to be any strategy really in it, but I didn't feel like I had much tactical play. Like, I couldn't... There's a little bit more than some other games like this, but it wasn't a hey, Michael, let's you and me go this way and do that. Aaron, the abilities didn't, I don't know, it just didn't leave for that much. A little bit like, oh, I'll run here and draw these guys with me, but that was more kind of corny because, like you said, the Benny Hill stuff where I'm <laughs> right. running run along and five guys are following me while <laughs> another guy's in the room with stopping the ritual yeah. like that. So it does lead for gaming the game, but it's like one of those weird things where you don't feel clever, you just feel cheap. That's what I would say, <laughs> type of thing. But that's all I really got. Well, why don't you hit us with your final thoughts on Cthulhu Death May Die? Okay, so 
to me, it has a similar feel to the D&D adventure games. You know, it's kind of episodic. It's a lighter-ish, you know, cooperative game where you're kind of running through, killing some stuff and trying to complete the end objective. I'll say I like it more than those. You know, it gives you a little bit more decisions to make than those games do. Yeah. As far as leveling up and where to go. I am not big on those, but I'm not big on this either, but I will still play it. Yeah, and you're not um, big on cooperative games either. So yeah, that... I'm not a big cooperative or Cthulhu guy, so it's got those marks against it. <laughs> I do wish it had a few more choices or options, but that's the style of game this is, so it doesn't necessarily greatly appeal to me. Um, I would say if you're into those kind of games, you're into the D&D adventure games, you want something with a Cthulhu theme or just a little bit more to it, I would say check this out. You know, it's a good run around dice chucker, blow things up. Yeah. I'd probably give it uh, about a 6.5. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't really sure where you were going to go because I, I knew you weren't going to be big on it. I just didn't know how not. <laughs> how low I was going to go? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, for what it is, it's a good fine game. You yeah. know, it's not necessarily my type of game, but I still appreciate it for what it is. And, you know, I wish some stuff was different, but it's not bad by yeah. any means. So I would say that this is definitely more my style of game. You know, I like the Cthulhu theme a lot. I like the dungeon crawl games. You know, you brought up the... I was going to mention, too, if if I want one of those run-around hack-and-slash games... I would rather play Arcadia Quest. Well, that's not a cooperative game, but... Yeah, I would... That's me. In that style, I would just say, let's play Arcadia Quest instead. See, I would say it would depend on how much time I have to play. Because I like Arcadia Quest better as a game. four hours so you can play three games of Arcadia Quest? (laughs) Well, Arcadia Quest, for me at least, the setup time's a little longer, and then usually as soon as I get done playing it and we get new cards, I want to play again. Also, it's almost like a campaign style because you're leveling your character up and you're working your way through the missions. This one, for me at least, it was quicker to set up, quicker to play, and once we were done, you know, yeah, we might want to play the next mission, but it's not like we were getting cards to want us to play the next scenario again. Yeah. If that makes sense. So this one didn't keep you coming back. It did. <laughs> it, it definitely did. But, I'm just ratting you. But not as much as Arcadia Quest. Well, that's so, for you. That's almost impossible. I know because I love that game. Yeah, it's a good game. And so you know, I'm I'm drawn to these games more than than you are. You know, it's I love you know the look of the game, except for the tiny tiles got your theme it's got my theme it's got the whole hack and slash running around just rolling dice leveling yourself up yeah i could have used a little bit more here and there i think you know kind of like what you said if you maybe had more options you know actually going and investigating deeper into some of these cultists might be kind of cool like you said i don't want to admit you're right but sometimes you're right but all in all uh i would definitely recommend this game if that appeals to you if you like that style of game, uh, you know, look into this one. 
if you want to get the giant Cthulhu statue, you know, that's all up to you. I was going to ask you too, how do you feel about when some companies do that, that style of like Kickstarter where they get something that's just like over the top and it's just like... It doesn't bother me because... I don't have to shell out $200 to get it if I don't want to. You know what I mean? It's one of those That's true. It's one of those things that if I really want it, I can spend the money and get it, but I don't have to. What would be a shame is when after the fact, I don't know if this is the case for this, but can people buy it now? Besides a secondhand market, can somebody go on their website and buy it? That I I haven't looked into. That's I'd be, I'd be curious to see though. Because someone that you know just finds out about board games or you know five years from now right can they get this if they really wanted it? yeah exactly my guess would be no i would guess that too that's when it's kind of a bummer to me i don't mind like a collector's edition after like a there's a regular edition there's a collector's edition with a bunch of cool stuff you just have the option to get it later yeah type of thing yeah, it'd be interesting to see, I guess. Yeah. But anyways, my final rating, I was going to put this right at about like an 8, an 8.5, somewhere in that range. Is that your favorite Cthulhu-themed game then? Is it higher than probably what, Cthulhu Wars is your other? Yeah. Is there another Cthulhu game I'm not thinking of that you like more? Mythos Tales? That one's That one's good, but it's not nearly as good as Cthulhu Wars or this one. I don't know... Oh, come on. Cthulhu Wars is way better than this. Those PowerPoints you spend or action points. Yeah, I know. It's been a while since we've played it. It's better. Maybe because this one, maybe I'm. Maybe the only reason why I'm, I'm not wanting to give like a definitive answer is because this one's fresher to me. So it's like, oh, I, I want to I wanna see what else is in these tuck boxes. You know, I, I want to get into some of that Kickstarter stuff and see what else is in this game. You can just solo those. You can tuck them right back into that box and wait till I'm out of here. You're you're damn right I could solo those. I'll play it once a year with you. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to have a Cthulhu night? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. That wouldn't be that bad. We're going to play. Well, Death May Die. We could play... One game of Death May Die. We could play uh, Cthulhu, Cthulhu Wars. Wars. We could play Mythos Tales. I don't really like Mythos Tales or Sherlock Holmes. We could play uh, too much reading. Eldritch Horror. <laughs> I like that. You know I don't like that. That's all I have, though. Yeah, that's why I don't like Cthulhu games. Cause <laughs> there's one I really enjoy. <laughs> I do want to check out the other one, though. The uh, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. Yeah, I'd like to give that a shot. Yeah. Maybe that's the one I'm looking for with a Cthulhu theme. Maybe. Could it's be. It's got more investigatory stuff. So last year... Around this time, we reviewed Terraforming Mars and Rising Sun. Now, Tim, what are your thoughts on these now as opposed to then, and have you played them? Well, my thoughts are pretty much the same. And that's basically because I haven't played them. (laughs) So I don't think I've played Rising Sun since then. I think maybe yeah, my appreciation so. for Rising Sun slight, ever so slightly increased because that's how much I disliked Cry Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> so because you played Cry Havoc and just despise that now, you like Rising Sun better? It doesn't make any sense. but it doesn't. But... On the contrary, I think I played Terraforming Mars once, maybe twice. I've played it a number of times anyways. Okay. Like, 
probably 10, 15 times. I do like it. I definitely think I'm maybe the one in the group that likes it the least. Well, I still do enjoy it, definitely. It's slipping, huh? I think Mario Kaibo did it. So really, the tableau building of the cards, oh. that part of the game feels terraforming Marsy to me. But where it made it so much better is I like the card play in that better because I'm not talking about the dual use. That's obviously makes it better. But just the actual buying the cards, there's multiple copies of every card. So if you're really looking for something, odds yeah. are you're going to find it in Mari Kaibo or you have the chance to get it. Or in Terraforming Mars, even with drafting, it still can be frustrating sometimes, If you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's why it lowered Terraforming Mars a little bit for me. I know that might be a weird kind of thing, but... No, no, but I, I, wasn't, I, can, I can see that. I but. still always really enjoyed Terraforming Mars, and I still do, but you know, I just yeah. dropped it a half a notch. You think if they would have made the art the same on all the cards, it would have helped it? <laughs> that was... <laughs> I'm not as superficial as you with board games, <laughs> so that I mean, yes, it would have been nice and yeah. looked cooler, but it was still annoying. Now, have you looked into many of the expansions for? I think Marv now has every single one. Does he really? Yep. I've only played with Prelude, and I would always play with Prelude. Yeah. I've looked into all of them, but the most recent one, Venus, didn't really appeal to me. Just a new map, right? Yeah, I think there's a little different. You could. No, you could do stuff like to help colonize Venus, but it was like a kind of a sideboard. I'm probably wrong on all this, so. But a lot of them didn't really appeal to me. It seemed like it just added needless stuff. It'd be nice to get like some of the new maps, just to you know get a different map and gameplay. Aaron played the one game with Marv where he Marv played with almost everything, and he's like, it was too much. Oh. Not like complexity wise, it was just too much, just extra stuff. For, yeah. You know, no reason type thing. So, should we dive into the Board Game Geek Top 250, Tim? Let's do it, Ryan. What numbers do we got here? Today we are looking at 75 through 51. And this was copy and pasted on August 9th of 2019. So, we're almost all the way through it. But bear in mind that the numbers have vastly changed. Yeah, so if you go on there and look and wonder why we're skipping a game... Why Rising Sun is 61 or 51 instead of 55, you know. That's why. We got our facts correct, you know, six months ago. Yeah. So don't don't question it. <laughs> Just go with it. So number 75, we have Dominion. That's a deck builder. And it is. it is one we have both played. Tim, I think you've just played it once, maybe twice. Uh, I'm pretty sure just once. Okay. Yeah. This is one I got pretty early into board gaming and... Uh, Probably played 30, 40 games with my wife. You know, we super quick. Once it's got that feel of once you're done, you just want to play again. You know, it's your standard deck builder. You know, build up your little engine. And I like how fast it plays, though. It doesn't overstay its welcome. That's one of the things I really do enjoy about it, where most deck builders feel the kind of drag on for me. Now, I'm not nuts about it because that's not really big in that kind of game, but it's enjoyable. Yeah. I remember liking the game, so I think my issue with it was that I had played a number of other deck builders before. That had any kind of art or theme. Right. And then after I played those, you came and brought this to me. And it was like, well, it's fine. It looks dry. So why don't I just play these flashier, better deck builders? 
So I never really got into it. I would definitely try it again. Uh, you know, I you know wouldn't say I hate it or anything like that, but uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is the beginner deck builder that started the giant craze of games that have them now, introducing right. a new mechanic right. to the hobby. And that's why I say, you know, I started with other games. I don't think it's something I would go and play now unless, you know, somebody really wanted to play Dominion or someone newer to the hobby, and I'm just showing them how to... Do you still own this? Yeah, I still have it. Do you? Yep. So what's number 74? Number 74 is a game that when it first came out, people were going crazy for that, and we played it. We bought it. We bought it. We all chipped in because it's a story-driven game. And it was one of those, we played the first mission. I liked it probably, uh, maybe not better than everyone else in our group. But I know you didn't like it at all. This is probably one of the biggest disappointments ever for a board game for me. (laughs) Like the hype and the... The ratings on it and just looking yeah. into it, I, I was just completely fell flat for me. It just the combat was terrible. So the game is Time Stories. Yep. I think he said it, but maybe he didn't. I don't think I did. Okay. But it was one of those, it's funny because I know I say I liked it better, but you hated it. I don't think Aaron really liked it. Yeah, he kind of felt similar to me as yeah. far as like now he I think he maybe liked it a little bit more than me just because it had really good artwork. He was probably closer to me because him and I ended up playing part of the Marcy case. We never even finished it. Johnny, I think he was bigger on it because he actually went out and bought one of the <laughs> one of the missions. He wanted he he chipped in on the initial purchase, so he yeah, felt he obligated. Did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I um, cut ties right away. Yeah, you, know, you were I, you I gave completely away my <laughs> <laughs> And uh yeah, we played it a few times. I played with my brother Awful. a few times. I was fine with it. But now it's funny. You look back and a lot of people really soured on this game. Yeah, we had played the original, the first few uh, scenarios, stories, whatever you want to call them, chapters were the ones that people really enjoyed. Now, I didn't like it at all from then, but yeah. I, from what I hear is each one got worse and worse and it got more, and it like let off, kept giving you clues like there's some sort of big payoff at the end of this big mystery, mm-hmm. and it it, was, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, from what I've heard and read on it. But uh, yeah, I really, uh, it's one of those games, it's, uh, it's on my shelf upstairs and maybe in a few years, if my kids want to play it, I'd go through it with them. But otherwise, I don't see this ever coming out on like a game day or. What I hate is like, okay, you went in, you did this mission, you failed at this point, you have to start over all over again and go through each room that you went through last. It's like, yeah. can I just fast forward? And no, I don't want to sit here and play through. I go to this room and I see that, and I go to this room. I go and collect that. Like, it wasn't fun, very fun to do that to begin with, and now I have to go and do it all over again. So when I played the Prophecy of Dragons with my brother, that's what we did. We hit a point where we failed, and it's like, oh, start it over, play it again. And we're like, no, we're not going to waste <laughs> an hour playing the first half of this mission. So like we 
backtracked yeah. until we screwed up, and then we played through. So we, yes, we cheated a little bit, but it was either that or we played the exact same thing yeah. over again. So we kind of gamed it a little bit. Overrated. I would agree. 74, ugh, shouldn't it be even close to... 1,074. So that brings us into our next game, Ryan. So what game is ranked one higher than Time Stories? That would be Lisboa. That's by Vital Lacerda. Now, Tim, I know you're not the largest fan of it. I really enjoy it. Um, Our tri-host, Michael, enjoys it as well. I really like the theme and the artwork of this game, too. I've only played two of his games. I, For me, I definitely like this a lot more than CO2. I do want to play CO2 again because I didn't get a great grasp of how much I will enjoy it in the end. Um, and that one might grow on me. But this one, I really enjoy everything about the game. It's really very tight. You have to do one thing and to do another thing. And the look and the theme, just for me all around, great game. We reviewed it few episodes ago yeah so yeah i'm i was okay on it i would play it again but it was one of those it was it almost just felt like there was too much to keep track of at a time but uh yeah i know a lot of people really uh really dig it number 72 tim i think this is one you need to play again and that is that game is trajan and I would agree. I definitely want to play it again. I played it once, and it just confused the hell out of me. So we can get into why it confused you in a little bit here. Yeah. But I think you'd. Re- this is kind of your weight of Euro. Technically, it's like medium heavy, but it's it's more medium. It's kind of like Bora Bora where it looks overwhelming and there's a lot of pieces, but yep. the actual actions... You know, pretty basic and easy to understand how to do it. So that's why I want you to play it again with a fresher, cleaner look. Yep. Because you had initially played it when? It was shortly after I picked up uh, Crusaders, Thy Will Be Done, and we were playing a number of games to kind of get ready for our review of it. And it kind of has this... It, well, pretty much has the same mechanism of selecting your actions, but it's done quite differently. And for whatever reason, at the time, I just could not wrap my head around it. And it was, I kept thinking of it as the way it's done in Crusaders. Where you pick up and we're in Trajan, it's wherever you your last piece lands is the action that you take. Right. So in my mind, the entire time we played Trajan, I kept thinking of, okay... <laughs> When I pick these up, that's what I'm going to get. And it's like, no, 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 that's not it. And I'm like... And I'm sure at this point, you hardly, probably don't really remember much about the game. Yeah. No, I still do. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, My wife and I, and me and Michael, we've played this uh, probably 10, 15 times in the past year. I picked it up at Origins, and I really enjoy it. It's one that I've liked more and more with each play. I start to see more and more I play it, the, like... Setting yourself up with the Moncala, I don't know. I just think it's really awesome how he did that and just 
It's really cool, really smart, and I really like this game. It's a good pickup, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Ryan. Pat yourself on the back. I'm waiting for someone to say it. Michael's not here, so. <laughs> I could maybe uh, pull yeah, just, audio of Michael yeah, saying that at some point. Well, you'd have to have him say, good job, Ryan, though. I don't know if that's ever actually happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Next time he's here, we can trick him into it. Yep. <laughs> so number 71 is Tigris and Euphrates. Uh, it's an old classic Reiner Knizia game. I have not played it. I think the guy who did the artwork on this, you know, I think he did the artwork for Paladins of the West <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> it's not as funny because he's not here. I know, but I could still rip on him. I know. Not, it's easier to pick on him, though. When he's that, not that's around. true. He can't defend himself. Exactly. We can but, really, really uh, gang up on him then. I don't know. I, I've i heard it's a great game. I don't really have an interest to try. I guess I would try it, but I'm not like going out and seeking it. If I came up to you with a puffy jacket on and I had... How long is the puffy jacket? Just waist. Waist? Yeah, just waist. <laughs> is it like above your belt? <laughs> is it like, <laughs> like a belly jacket? Hmm. <laughs> No, because your belly can hang over your waist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I not, I'm not really sure what to think about this game either. It's, you know, because it's a tile placement game. You're basically placing out these different tiles. You're trying to create different cities, more or less. And then within those cities, you're placing your leaders. And then when you combine cities, you can basically have them war with each other to kind of piece them together so it it's one i would be interested to try but i don't see myself seeking it out yeah i think at a convention would be like i wouldn't mind trying it then when i got like a couple days of gaming you know i can try some stuff i wouldn't normally right seek out as much so yeah that's number 71 tigers and euphrates number 70 ryan i'm glad you're sitting down I'm not sitting down anymore. Because this game is Russian Railroads. It is one that I'm really glad you forced me to play at Origins last year. I like was relentless about trying to get you to play. I know it too, you were, and, you... and I it was scaring me off, really. I don't, I don't know. Your intensity was... Well, I know. I could tell you were kind of getting frustrated about it, <laughs> but I was thinking, like, I think he'd like this. Like, I don't know what, what he's so... You, you were right. I like I know. it. And I like it a lot. You were thinking it was more 18xxy yeah. trainy type thing than like just you know a worker placement game, mm-hmm. basically engine building. Right. And yeah, I'm glad you were relentless. <laughs> Very wore, pushy. Wore me out. <laughs> got it out of the library to just to teach it to me. So, but uh, this one, yeah, just kind of an engine building. You're kind of building your rails. You have basically three different tracks you're building your rails on yeah let's just play it right now let's stop the podcast did you bring it no why wouldn't you let's go to my place yeah (laughs) yeah let's go all right thanks for listening but yeah the the engine building um the work replacement stuff is tense i like how there's the engineers how they give certain actions each round and those change throughout the game and you can acquire them for yourself uh, there's tons of points. You know, you might be super close game. I've had those, and I've had a game where I've won or lost by 150 points. You know, it it all just depends on 
the strategy you're going for. You know, people might block you. You might have a clear path. You might just play poorly or play great. It's a lot of fun. I almost feel like this is one of those games where you need to, like, type up a strategy guide for me. Because, again, I am horrible at it. You've only played a couple times, though. It is one of those definitely where the more you play, you benefits you improve a lot because you start to realize like i'm going for this strategy you can't get sidetracked and go for oh this will give me seven points this round you know that's stuff that distracts you yeah i know this game you can't do that i mean yeah sometimes you have to if you get you know there's certain actions you can't take but in general once you go for like the industry strategy you just got to pound it you need to like top track. You gotta like remind me as you're playing. Like, like slap you every time you start don't putting, do it. You start putting a meeple down in a different don't spot. Don't do it. You yep. got like a guy over your shoulder hitting you. <laughs> don't take the shiny points you this round. Like the little devil on yeah. your shoulder. Like hey, see those points over there? Yeah. That's eight points, Tim. And I'm like hell yeah, that's eight points. And then someone else is like yeah, but this will get you thirty points in two rounds. I ignore yeah, that. You, you want the eight points now, don't you? <laughs> right. There you go. I'm taking those points. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, <laughs> number 69 is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective Thames Murder. Now you have the Jack the Ripper one, right? Correct. So technically, we haven't played it, but it's basically the same thing, just different cases, isn't it? Yeah, it's okay. just different case files. So I haven't played this with two or solo. I That's the best way to do it. Yeah, I'm not like a big solo gamer, but... This would be the one that I think would be best solo because you're reading. I don't yeah. like being read to. Yeah. I did when I was little, but now I don't like people <laughs> reading to me. You're going to go sit on your dad's lap and <laughs> yeah. read this to you. So I think if I was you know, in the right mood, I would sit this down, try it. I would like it a lot more. Yeah. I'm trying to take my, as much time as I want to, you know, playing with more people you're playing with more people you feel more pressure like okay i gotta read through this we gotta figure out what we're gonna do you know two would work well i think you're going back and forth with somebody bouncing ideas off so i'm not a big fan of it but i haven't played it at the right player count either yeah i would say solo two player it's the best maybe three if everyone's involved i would not do four or more we did it that one time. It's four or five we played with. I don't people remember. People were like checking out. I think Jack left halfway through. <laughs> and Johnny was distracting me. You know, we're sitting there having side conversations. Yeah, yeah. You're reading a two-page novel. And... So you got you to gotta have people that w- want to be invested in a game like this because you basically you get a map of London or wherever it is. Uh, depending on, because some of the other ones are different, but you get a map of the city. It has all these locations. You get like a book that has like a directory of all the people in there. And then you have a case book. So there's like seven cases in the first one or whatever. So you have the case book, you read through the main plot of the story, and then you're just cut loose. You're going to different locations. You're reading a story about what you found at the police station or what you found at the crime scene and you're trying to figure out what's going on. So 
again, it's really good solo. Two-player, I've had a lot of fun. Uh, I played with my mom a few times. We played it. I recommend it to my sister, who's not a gamer at all. And she ended up sending me a message saying that her and her husband, they loved it. Yeah, I could see that being a good couples game where, yeah. you know, you're working together like, oh, what do you think? Right. And I played a game with my wife, too, and she really got into it. She was getting into reading the stories and trying to figure out, of course, we do horrible. Well, let's be real here. Obviously, you know, Sherlock is a genius. Right. Could you ever beat him? Like, would you have to make, like, seven just guesses and have to be 100% right on everything in order to beat him? Mostly. So, usually, it's it's always just unrealistic. Because at the very end, it tells you, it, Sherlock Holmes comes in and tells you how he solved the case. <laughs> so you match up what you did. So you answer these questions, and then he gives you a rundown of what happened. And then it says, Sherlock Holmes solved the case by going to these six locations. And I look at mine, I went through like 20 locations and didn't give it half of what he got. So it's like, I have no idea how... That's how Sherlock is, I guess. I get that, but is it almost frustrating at the end where it's like sometimes? How's like how? It's <laughs> it's almost just a victory not to go negative, really. But it's still fun to kind of read through it and yeah. to play. So, so that brings us to number sixty-eight, and that is Roll for the Galaxy. It's another one that we've played yep you got it a number of years ago yep we played it quite a bit i think it worked best with a lower player count as well um i think you want more than two though maybe but what i liked is how fast it went it was a few people Yeah. yeah i think so we've played this game not tons but quite a few times the problem is there's such long layoffs between games, so it's like you have, and this is a game, tons of icons. You know, it's yeah. the gameplay isn't that bad, but there's so many icons and knowing what they do. So I think if you know, say we played this game now and two months from now and another two months, that would work out better, because then everybody knows, remembers how the game works, and you're just kind of whipping the game out quick. So I think a lot of the game itself is, I'm gonna put my dice to take this action what is tim going for what's he going to do this turn and what's michael what's johnny going to do is predicting that is a lot of the benefit of good play so i think that part leads to more players being better but i can see what you're saying yeah and that's kind of what i was going good you know i can see that where you know trying to predict what other people are doing it helps but as far as like the time to play the game because a few times when we played it with larger player counts it was like i'd roll my my dice i knew exactly what i wanted to do i'd place mine and then i'd sit and wait and it seemed like the just the game time just kind of drug out a little longer because it felt like half the time i was just sitting there waiting to take my action yeah it's a solid game but it's not one that you know, I'm really going to pick for game day. I might pick it if I want something, you know, an hour long, but more than a filler type thing. Yeah. But it, it has the thing, like I mentioned, though, where we just almost have to re-explain the whole game to people who haven't played it that many times. Yeah. So do you even 
consider playing this now that that new version came out though the new frontiers uh, yeah the new frontiers well new frontiers is more to me at least it's more like puerto rico yeah because with the action select like all that stuff yeah the following i was just curious because i know it yeah it's in the same line now new frontiers isn't a dice game like this one is yeah. But it, it does have kind of the same feel to it. I guess I like New Frontiers more, but, you know, I haven't picked that for a while either. It's kind of that same weight range and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. It's about the same, about the same probably for me. Okay. Maybe not quite as good as New Frontiers, but it is, depends if you want to chuck some dice or not. Yeah. Number 67, Tim, we talked about in recent plays, and that is Toi. Still thinking about it, and I think it's one uh, that could grow on me. The more I play it, the more I might enjoy it. Although I don't think it'll ever be a giant hit or anything, but I liked, and I thought it was interesting how different this game felt. Yeah, we'll see. I hope it doesn't get worse for me. I could see it getting worse. <laughs> I could see people just <laughs> snacking up your dice, and some event might not go your way, and then you start grumbling and crying. That's and true. You know, one thing I, another thing I didn't like about it was, you know, you had to kind of protect the city at the start. Ah, so I like that. Well, so when it's your turn, and when you're like the first player, you roll the black dice to see, and then you have to like get rid of the highest dice with your matching dice. It, it just, I didn't like that at all because it so seemed you, like... So you could spend red dice, though. They double. They do you double. You also get influence for each die that you counter. Yeah. Influence is big. We only played once. I think influence is bigger than you think. It probably is. Yeah. But what threw it off was like, so let's say if I had three dice yep. and I didn't have any red and I rolled a six, okay, now I got to take rid of, I got to get but rid of a six. these aren't your dice. I get that. You can buy dice. But then I'm spending my money. Yeah, which you, you said you had plenty of money. I get that. <laughs> it just, I didn't see a point to it, and it was just kind of like, meh. All right. Meh. Agree to disagree. I meh. think we're going to be doing that a few games from now as well. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But number 66 is a game that neither of us have played, if I'm right. I think you are. Okay. And that is Battlestar Galactica. The board game. It is a hidden trader game where one or more players are basically Cylons and they're trying to destroy the ship and then everyone else is trying to basically get the ship to yeah. the planet. I played like a newer game within the style, you know, Dead of Winter, yeah. Shadows Over Camelot, that type of thing. There's, yep. a, there's a hidden trader. I think this one that they're... I'm not sure there is a traitor no matter what, right? There is a Cylon, or can it be? I'm not sure. I think there is. So I think there's one right off the bat, and then like halfway through the game, everyone draws another card. Okay. So there's a chance that halfway through someone can okay. become a traitor. Have you watched the series? I started to, and then my streaming service took it off, so I could never finish. Oh, that's terrible. It was. I haven't. I've always wanted to. Michael, I know, loves it. It's one of his favorite oh, really? TV series. I've heard from a lot of people, too. It's, you know, that gritty sci-fi. Yeah. So it's supposed to be really good. It's one I'm really interested in watching. I've always wanted to watch it. I just 
never like started it's that initial like okay start watching it getting into it type of thing and i just yeah. never did that see they stabbed me in the back because I, I, I started it i started start it getting into it a little bit so I, you must have not been too into it because you didn't seek it out you didn't have a trench coat guy no but i would definitely keep watching it if, yeah and i mean even just this morning you know i get up and i got the day off i'm like oh, i could watch something and i honestly thought oh it'd be nice if i could watch an episode of that but it was on Hulu? Yeah. Not anymore, huh? Not anymore. Well, I guess I'm not watching it then. I'll have to look again. Maybe yeah. they put it back. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of wanted to watch it, but you know what? But yeah, this is a game I would like to try as well as giving the series a try. Yeah. Uh, the one negative that I've kind of always heard was that if you're Cylon right off the bat and you get caught, it can be a long game. And yeah. if you get caught right away, it can dragon yeah but, i've heard the game is fragile <laughs> must be italian yeah. <laughs> but yeah 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 it's definitely one that i want to try though number 65 is a two-player uwe rosenberg game of the yep. lighter variety that is patchwork i have not played a physical copy but i've played the app a good number of times the app implementation is good wow there's a what nothing it was a good one, like, you know, if I'm on break at work or something or before going to bed, just pound out a game. Yep. It's enjoyable. I don't think I would buy a copy of it. You know, I didn't like it that much, but it was fine. I think Marv picked it up, though. I don't know if he's played it yet. Yeah, I thought he was going to play with his grandma. I think, right? yeah, because the quilting thing, she yeah. would, buttons and she would like. Mm-hmm. So, But it was interesting for a while. Yeah, I have not played it. I've considered getting it a few times and just never pulled the trigger. Uh, the one thing I do find interesting is how you basically take an action that cost you like six time and then whoever's further behind on the time track, they keep taking actions until they're in front. They pass you. Yep. Kind of, it had the, it, it made me think of, uh, like Australia where it kind of had the same. I haven't played that. Actions. Well. But yeah, yeah, that. That was interesting doing that, you know, kind of, do I really want to get that and soak up a bunch of time or do I want to do a bunch of little stuff? Yeah, kind of take your time building up and... Yep. But yeah. All right, Tim. All right, here you are, Ryan. What do we got? Number 64 is Mombasa. Nice. Yeah. Not for me. Love it. It is... Amazing. Definitely one of my least favorite... Sir Alexander Pfister games. It might be my favorite. I don't know. Ah. So good. Ah. I rec- <laughs> I recently got some little uh, microfiber or something, <laughs> little bags, draw, draw bags oh, from Board boy. Game Geek to put my little book tiles in. Oh. I can't wait to bust oh. out a copy. And the, it's the just, book tiles, too. It's an excuse to play the game now. Yeah. That's... That's unfortunate. I, you know, I did my expert crafting work, and I wrote A, B, and C on each bag. <laughs> did you really? How bad does that look? Oh, terrible! But <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, it's game we've both played. Yep. There are things, there are elements of the game that I do like. Yes, everything. Basically, the card play, I like that. 
and kind of setting yourself up later. So you're you're playing in the beginning of the game, if I remember right, you're playing three cards under your player board. Every round, yep. Every round, and those are kind of the start of the actions you can take in yeah, a you sense. Have, you can take actions with your cards. You also have worker placement actions as well. I love both of it really. The worker placement is really tight and tense. I like the majorities, how that works. Like I might have yeah. three bananas. You have three bananas. Do I spend those to do my bookkeeper if he's out there? Well, I have to if I want to do the bookkeeper with the books. Do I want to go for the majorities before Tim gets it? Because ties count. You can take majority with ties. Because once the card flips, then Tim would have sole majority. Uh, maybe he wants to use those bananas to buy a card from the card row. I That tenseness... Also of the worker placement as far as like maybe I want to get the bonus um, bookkeeper, um, explorer, or the diamond merchant, you know, to get more diamond points. I like that. The card play is just, I've talked about it many times, but the card play is just amazing. <laughs> more games need to do it. It's just awesome. Um, what else you got, Tim? Start hating on it because I'm going to start going off. The worst, well, there's two really bad things of it. I do not like the bookkeeping track at all. <laughs> it's my favorite part in all board gaming is the bookkeeping. <laughs> that, and then I don't like how the... Um, stocks? Yeah, how the, the, stock, the company stocks work, where as you're moving across the map, you're putting out the different like trading houses. Yep. But then... So say if I'm doing that, I'm I'm moving out the white and I'm putting out the trading houses and then Ryan and Aaron, they're really pushing the red ones hard. So they push back the white. So all of my actions I spent putting these out, they just get wiped out in one turn. It's just like nah, yeah, I'm not gonna get wiped out in it, a turn. It happened. It's like impossible unless yeah, you have just true. two houses out there. It costs so much. To put houses back on because you have to spend an extra movement point. Yeah. Exploration point. I've seen it. I'm not even going to get into it with you. (laughs) (laughs) You're just playing wrong. (laughs) I'm sure that's it, but it just. Plus, it's not. You can't look at it too like it's your company. No, I get that. Yeah. But that's that's why I think he did such a great job with Mary Kaibo because he. I think the way it's done in this game fits it perfectly because Mombasa is more and then, interactive and it's good. Love it. Yeah, I, I like the little bonuses you get when you put the little houses out. The company, each company has its own either special action or special ability, and that you know totally changes from game to game for each company. Really enjoy it. Keep keep going on and on, but we got some more games to talk about here. You could easily keep going. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go on I could to just keep arguing with you about how great it is, too. Number 63, Ryan. What is that? That is Dominion Intrigue. I haven't played this one. Similar to Dominion, I think this obviously is another standalone game. Yeah. Um, you could mix and match cards and stuff. But, yeah, we already talked about Dominion, so let's hit 62. 62 is Codenames. It is a party style game where you word game i know you're a big word game guy it can also be a picture game (laughs) it's true if you have the picture version could be a marvel game if you have a marvel version yeah disney yep yep they really just started wrapping themes on this yeah it's kind of like love letter you just all of a sudden you blank 
it was popular. You're blanking. There's like 30 different <laughs> themes out there. Yeah. But this one, you have uh, basically, I can't remember how many, you basically have all these cards on the table and the people that know, they're basically trying to get their team to guess the right number of cards and try to not get them to guess the agent that will instantly lose them the game. You've had some bad clues given. Yes. Especially by me. Yes, that. you have. And you can give basically one clue. What was it? Mount. Uh, so you said Mount. And Everest and, and Rushmore. Rushmore were on there. I did not see Rushmore. Rushmore. I just saw Mount Everest and I saw like there's horseback riding or something like that. Yeah. It was another. I was like, oh. Mount whatever, 2. two. And then, Obviously, it's Rushmore. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> whoops. And then it happened to be the one person that instantly loses the game for yeah. our team. I was like, yep, I suck. <laughs> but, you know, this is the type of game, though. Moments like that are, you yeah, remember, yeah, they're they, funny. They stick with you. They're funny. We just laugh about it all the time. But also, because it plays so quick that... You know, it can make you feel smart when you play, especially when you come from behind. If you get your team to guess like three or four back to back, it's always makes your brain work like thinking, okay, how do I take these words and I just say one word and then a number, and that's how many clues on yeah. the board pertain to that. I always enjoy that. What do you like more? I think I know your answer, but this or just one? Codenames or just one? Probably this. Oh, really? I agree with you, but I'm surprised you said this instead of just one. Really? Why Why would you think that I like just one better? I don't know. Just a... <laughs> <laughs> you act surprised, but you don't know why. Just because we played it recently, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're real close to the same, but I do think I like this a little bit more. It's because it, it gives you... They both let you feel clever. Um, this one gives you more opportunity for that, but it's got almost the same amount of humor in it when, yeah, say you got a team of three and we're going back and forth talking like idiots about why his clue of mount could, you know, we could come up with all sorts of crazy stuff as to what mount means. Right. Yeah. Number 61 is Clank, a deck building <laughs> adventure, Tim. It is. It is. A deck building game. Yep. You rate Nightfall higher than this. Yep, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I enjoy it. I'm not wild about it. You know, I think it's Aaron's favorite, or if not anymore, it's very close to one of his yeah. favorite games. I do like the different currencies on the cards to spend, and you're moving around on the board. I think the movement on the board is what makes it feel a little bit better and more to it than a you know your standard deck builder but it's still right. basically you know your normal deck builder yeah i enjoy it sometimes it feels like it drags a little too much a little too long for what it is but it's kind of like that love hate thing like i like it but then there's some plays where somebody's min maxing way too much and it's like come on let's just let's play a little quicker yeah i i also have kind of that love hate with it because i i like playing it but then there's times where I'm trying to draw movement cards and I just can't draw movement cards to get through this crystal cavern. Yep, that can be frustrating. 
So and, I'm spending turns just sitting in one spot, not doing anything, and it's like, you know. And then the next turn you draw like seven movement, and that turn, oh, I didn't want to move. Right. Yep. And then somebody grabbed loot, and they're they're out, and you're getting beat up by the dragon. So, yep. you know, I, it's one I, I still enjoy playing, but there's other deck builders I like more. And that brings us to number 60, The Gallerist. Basically, you are running your own art gallery. You I, are. I think the look of the game is awesome. I know they took actual artists and had them. Yeah, they actually had some like, people submitted. Yeah. You're running an art gallery. You are doing actions around the board, getting different artists commissioned for your art gallery, and then you're selling them and different stuff like that. The one thing I thought was pretty interesting was that when you get an artist basically to your gallery or whatever, they their token flips, and there's almost like a track on the back of the artist card or the token. So it, you know, the more you advertise the artist, the more painting sell of this artist, the more expensive they're going to be because their name's getting more out there. Yeah. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. And then, like, kick-out bonuses you get, like, when... When you get knocked off, yep. yeah. I like... You know, it's a Lacerda game. It looks really interesting. I've almost picked it up a few times. I never have, but I really like the look of it and yeah. the theme. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely one I want to try. So when you or Michael pick it up... you, you got to get your first Lacerda. S- sign me up. Snack it up, unless you get an escape plan. Escape plan will probably be that first okay. Lacerda game. That first, that first pop? Yeah, because that one, I think as far as, like, theme, I think that... It kind of drives me. Even though this looks really cool, and I'd be tempted with this one, I think I would. If if I went into a shop and these were both sitting there, yeah, I I would probably pick up Escape Plan before this one. But I'd have to think about it. You'd have to pause. I would. It would make me pause. Yeah. <laughs> Number fifty nine is Eldritch Horror. That is not Tim's favorite Cthulhu themed game. Correct. Or mine. I've had some fun times playing it. The stories. Basically with Brian getting killed and then killed again and dying. Yeah, I don't really want to play it. Definitely play it with a low player count. It's got yeah. a similar feel, like Fury of Dracula, when you're playing the investigators in that. That's kind of how this feels. I like this a little bit more than that when I'm playing the investigators. Uh, you're traveling around, little stories and stuff. but Yeah, it's... You know, I I own it. I own a few of the expansions. I didn't go wild because they're still pumping them out. But I think it's it's a fine game. You know, it's not one that I've played for quite a while now. I definitely want to play at lower player counts. I don't want to play a high player count of this because, to me, it just takes way too long at that point. Well, it's nice, too. They said they weren't going to pump out a bunch of expansions like Arkham Horror. And then they just pumped oh, yeah, out. Just yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just completely out. lied to you, right? <laughs> I really hate my action being get a boat ticket or a train ticket. <laughs> I just yeah that that frustrates. I know like you can do more than that, but like one of my couple, like that's one thing you can do. Yeah, that's your, that's your especially turn. when you're playing at higher player counts because it takes a while to get back to you. Yep. that's when it's more frustrating. Yeah, when it's like I'm gonna get a train ticket and then Tim's gonna go have this adventure on this card and roll some <laughs> dice and see what he gets or you know. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. That was my mini rage moment. Yeah. So low player con for me. And uh, yeah. Play with Brian if you can. Yeah. And watch him get mad because he dies. <laughs> yep. He gets in 
that again. Well, that brings us to number 58, El Grande. It's a one. It is a dandy. So we played it a couple years ago for the first time at Origins. Yep. And then last year we played it at Origins again. With El Grande himself. Yes. And so, so what that is, uh, we were setting the game up and we were deciding like, okay, let's go get some food. Maybe someone went to the bathroom and this guy happens to walk by and he's like, oh, are you guys looking for more players? We're like, yeah, sure. If you don't, you know, he's like, yeah, I know how to play the game. I could teach it to you if you want. I taught it at tournaments. Yeah. I taught it. He was like the guy (laughs) for this game. And it was so weird. It just started off bizarre because we didn't know this guy and we all ended up, all three of us, it was me, you, and Aaron. We all got up and walked away from this guy. He had all of our stuff sitting there. Yeah, we're like, he's like, yeah, go ahead, get something to eat. Like, we trust him for no reason. Yeah. Like, yeah, and we just all left our stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah, if you guys want to go and uh, get, a, get a bite to eat or something and come back. So we all left. We walked to the food court, get food and come back. And this guy's just still hanging out waiting for us. Teaches us the game. Doesn't even look through the rules. Just crushes it. And his witty one-liners were amazing. I mean, just nonstop, just like... Yeah, little... he had that real dry humor that you and me appreciate. Yeah. And it was fun, like, going barbs back and forth with him. Right. You know, just... It, his face when you beat him <laughs> at the end, too. Because that was the one rule he wasn't sure on was a tiebreaker. <laughs> he looks up the tiebreaker and he's reading it, and then the look of disgust <laughs> on his face when he realized that I beat him by a tiebreaker. <laughs> that made me so happy. Uh, it just... But it's a really elegant, simple, fun area control game. Yeah. You know, it's real boring looking. I really like the cube tower, how that works. And I just, it's a lot of fun. I've thought about picking it up a lot, but it's definitely one I want to play every year we go to Origins. You yeah. Know? And I'm going to be looking for that guy. <laughs> yep. I still remember him. It, Picture his face right there. Classic. I. <laughs> What do you think would be weirder is if like we sat down and he showed up again asking to play, or if we if sought we, like, him out and like, hey, you want to play El Grande? And he's like, who are you? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> if he did that, I'd be crushed. Like, I'm waiting all year to play El Grande with him, and he like turns us down. Acts like he doesn't remember us yeah. or doesn't remember us. I'm sure he wouldn't remember us, yeah. but pretty forgettable people. <laughs> <laughs> Number fifty-seven is a game, Tim. You used to own you do not anymore yeah i don't own this one so we'll get into what that means shortly but that is twilight imperium third edition correct so why don't you own it anymore because i got fourth edition okay have you played it no okay i've not and it's killing me i I really (laughs) want to play it it looks awesome so it's you basically set up the galaxy everyone gets their own races and you have your own player powers and boom, you're off. You're kind of uh, colonizing planets, getting resources and influence from these different planets and having big space battles. And it's like the definitive, grandiose space epic drama game, whatever you want to call it. And I enjoy it a lot. Apparently, 4th edition is supposed to streamline the technology track. Yeah, the improvements that they made in 4th edition, while I haven't read them or anything, seem like it made those 
you know the technology better there's a couple other things too I yeah can't technology track uh that's better i know the the player boards are supposed to be really good too okay, a lot more clear yeah really clear i mean just looks just the look of it just looks awesome yeah i enjoy the game i'm not huge on it but i do like you know i want to play this you know once every year you know you almost have to reteach it every time but yep. you know you gotta take it take a half a day or a day and sit down and play this with a bunch of people and just duke it out although Aaron probably shouldn't show up yeah he yeah he doesn't like these yeah and this is like seven hours of what he doesn't like <laughs> yeah right but still he can stay home and I'll play it because I really want to play this maybe not not ti3 fourth edition yeah I want to play fourth edition so number 56 Ryan is Rising Sun. We talked about it in our look back, a game that I do enjoy. I'm not wild about it as much as you are, Tim, but I would still, you know, like to play this every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I think I like Blood Rage more, but they both don't hit the table enough. Yeah, both games are definitely ones that I want to pick, and I always consider them when it's my turn to pick for our game days. It's kind of Cthulhu Wars too, isn't it? It's yeah, kind of the same style of game. And yeah, same... and it, it's right there. I want to pick it. I want to play it more, and it just doesn't come out as much, nearly as much as I wanted to. Yeah, I got a handful of games that are like that where it's always on that maybe pick thing. Uh, Hansa's yeah, that... been on there like my last four pick days. Ugh. Anachrony is on there for a while. I finally played that recently. When did you play that? So, me and Marv. Oh, that was the game day you missed. Oh, okay. Number 55... Is five tribes. Five, five, five. Yeah. That's only three fives, so we need five fives. Anyways. Yeah, I'm not sure where you can get that. No, I don't even know what yeah. I'm talking about. So glossing over that comment, yep. this is a game that I enjoy quite a bit. You have a bunch of tiles on the board with a bunch of meeples on them. Basically, you're going to pick up all the meeples from one tile. You're going to do the whole Mancala thing where you're dropping... Meeple's off, and then when you get to your last tile, the final meeple you drop, you're going to pick that one up, and then all matching colors there. Perform the tribe action, depending on what color meeple you picked up, and then you're going to do a tile action. We also reviewed it. We did. That's right, we did. So hit that up. Yep. Listen back. Uh, you know, I think it's one we both enjoy. We both play with our wives quite often. Yeah. I haven't played any of the expansions. You have some of those. Yep. I have the Artisans of Nicole. So is there any of them that you would always play with, or is it just kind of how you feel? It's basically how I feel. Okay, so sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes no. I do. Uh, you know, sometimes when you get an expansion, it's like, okay, I wouldn't play with new players. I would definitely say I'm not going to play with the Artisans with new players. But it's also not one that every time I play, I want to play with them. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, just take it here and there. Uh, we've played with it quite a bit, but not every play since we got it either. Okay. So, Yeah, I think for me especially, though, I really only want to play this with two. I don't want to play this with three or four. Is it because you can kind of set yourself up? You can up set yourself with... up, and I do not like the bidding in this game at all. I once in a while it pays and like but a lot of times you just set someone else up for a move that's almost as good or just as good. But I would definitely play this with two. It's much better. 
Yeah. That's where the bulk of my plays came from was two. Yeah. It can be very AP prone if you're not careful as well because you're sitting there. Don't sit and try to read the whole board and go, what is my best possible action? Because that's going to take you like an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Number 54 is Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, so <laughs> a game that you have, Tim, and I'm tired of it. I don't want to play I, it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I still have it. You know, it seems to get picked once in a while. I think we finally crossed that bridge where Johnny's finally done picking it. Even the last time we played, he kind of said, I think I'm... Um, yeah, it's been a while since he picked it. The la- I think it was at Aaron's the last time. And I think he said, you know, I think I'm done with this game. <laughs> Aaron's done picking it now, too. Aaron kind of crossed that a little yeah. sooner than you. So I think it's a fine game. Right. It's solid. Don't, yeah, don't get us wrong there. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's intro to worker placement. Definitely. You know, gateway game. Right. It's simple worker placement. You're placing your worker out onto one of the action spaces, and basically you're getting cubes, and then you're changing those cubes in for victory yep. points on your Scoring objective cards, yeah, you can your pick different missions, you're missions going on. and stuff. Yeah, so it's basically the gist of the game, right? And it's fine. It's just there's for us, there's better worker placement games that I would want to play over this. Yeah, definitely. So number fifty three is Fields of Arl, <laughs> or Fields of Arla. Yeah, you have not played it. I still have not. You really, you'd enjoy it. I, I've heard that a lot from you and your brother, and I believe for Christmas, Michael did get the expansion that adds a third player. Yep, T and Trade. I think he said it's high up on his possible pick for next game day. Ooh. Playing that with three or two, depending on the number of players. But yeah, um, I really enjoy it. I don't think I like it as much as Caverna or Feast for Odin. I okay. still really enjoy it. It's hard to say. The part I don't like as much is the variability isn't there. There is some different buildings each game. Some of them are the same. Some are different. But the action spaces are all, you know, it's just, it depends on, you know, what your opponent's going for is going to partially block you from what you're doing and stuff. But it's enjoyable. You're putting your little, there's two different seasons, and you go back and forth from season to season. You're upgrading your ability to gain resources when you take certain actions, or you're collecting, you know, different animals, or you're collecting leather, and you're upgrading stuff into more victory points, you know, things like that. It's interesting. It's fun. It's the typical Rosenberg game where he's throwing a million components at you. It seems overwhelming, but then it's not bad to play. Yeah. Number 52, Tim, is... Dominant Species. Yes, one of my all-time favorite games. So unfortunately, recently, the designer Chad Jensen passed away, which way too young, and you never like to hear about that, but he has a great legacy of games behind him, and this is one of them. So how do you feel about Dominant Species? I told you, it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's. I'd agree. It mixes the worker placement and the area control so well. Yeah, I just, I love how tense it is when you're placing your pawns on the worker placement spots and then they resolve from top to bottom, left to right, and it just, mm, So, 
does it feel more like a war game to you? Is that why you don't mind the like meanness of this game? Probably. I, I don't know, just because it, it just works. Okay. You know, you can be mean, but... You oh, know, you can be absolutely brutal. Right, but you can get wiped off the map, but you could still be competitive. Yeah. You know, I think maybe that's where it is. And a lot of times, you know, we've played almost so much now... That, we don't play enough. This game needs well, to get played more. I keep. I agree. I know we've played it a lot, but like I, I just want to keep playing it. But I know what most of the event cards are. So you know, at the start of the round, an event card comes out. We know what they are. I know what's going to happen. You can kind of prepare for it. Yeah. So if you see the cataclysm come out, and I've got a lot of cubes in this region. I can start preparing, like, okay, I got to move my stuff away. And it's always interesting, too, like, do they see that they could really screw me up? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, like, you're, like, sweating? <laughs> like, yeah. okay, I'm going to prepare because I'm pretty sure it's going to happen, but maybe it won't. Yeah. And or maybe I just... can get that card. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's another option, too. I could try to get it, and it just... It's it's good. It's really good. I recommend it. It's got to get played. It's got to get played more. It does. So, you know, I know with the passing of, um, you know, Chad, then they were in the works of Dominant Species Marina, and I had heard that they're still planning on making that game happen. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard or seen any more updates recently all I've seen it. is like on Board Game Geek, his wife has commented, you know, she's obviously in the grieving process, yeah. but he wanted her to, I think it was basically finalize the um, pictures in the rule book, like the rules, like the examples in the rule book. Okay. Because she was saying he always waited to the end to do that, so it matched like the art and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So I think that's mostly what's left. So obviously, you know, however long that takes her, whenever she's ready to do it yeah. is when it'll be done. Okay. But the plan is, she said, to complete it. Oh, really? So the rules, like you it. know, are done and the game. Art is pretty much ready. It's just a matter of, for the most part, getting that done and whatever else okay. takes place. Yeah, I didn't know how far they were in that design process, but it sounds like they were right at the end there. Mm-hmm. But No, that, that'll that be good, and I'll be excited to see that because I think that's, is that a three-player game or something? Two to four. Maybe that was it, two yeah, to four. Two to four, and dominant species, you can play with two, but I would play with three to six. Yeah. So the final game on this list, number 51, is Kalis. So I'm at a crossroads on whether or not you have any interest in this. I'm guessing no, because it looks boring and dry. Yes. But it's worker placement. That's not the only reason why, though. But it's got that mean interaction. So I'll show you. On my little desktop here, I've got the list of games. This is my... (laughs) Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to try it. I don't know if I would enjoy it. I think I would enjoy it. You know, it's one of the earlier, if not the first worker placement. I'm not sure. But I think they recently did they reprint it with new art? No, or? well, they came out with like a new edition. It was like okay. Kalis like thirteen oh two or something. Okay, I, I'm I'm sure I'm way off on the date, but something along but, those yeah, lines. Yeah, something like that. Okay, uh, they streamlined some of the some of the ways some of the buildings work. 
Now I've never played this. I don't want to. You're really that against and, it? And the, is it the look of it and the just a dry mean? As I looked into the game, you know, I heard it was very mean. And when I when I'm reading into it and looking into this game, the biggest thing, I can't remember what it's called, but there's like that. Provost? Yeah. Yep. So that I can like the move. Idea of that a lot. Oh, that sounds so but terrible. I I knew this so would be You start off, you place all your workers on the board along this road basically and somebody can move that pawn and if it moves down the road and it goes past these buildings none of those buildings trigger so if you like go ahead and put up some of your people like yeah i know you can kind of see it coming maybe or try to move them yourself but it's like no i don't want to play this (laughs) don't if somebody came up to me with a trench coat just with Kalis, kick him in the back. I would, yeah, I would run. Would you rather play this or an eighteen XX? This. What about this or Hanza? I would try this. This or Mombasa. Wow, no. Mombasa's. You gotta at least appreciate. It. Come on now. Well, that's where snap I'm snap out that, of it. No, that's where I'm torn because, yeah, I don't like Mombasa, but there's which aspects is, to it which is terrible in itself. But I can ignore. The things that I don't like in Mombasa, this one I feel like it would just be like, you'd get frustrated. I'm I'm just I'm gonna be sitting down and just getting punched for no reason. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't mind getting punched. Apparently, um, I would like to give this a shot. I don't know how I'd feel about it, but it's definitely one I've wanted to try out for quite a while. Huh. And the new edition did spark me a little bit. And yeah. I got a little surprise for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I say I got it, and you punch me. Yeah, log off. <laughs> so that is the last one on the list, Kalis. So, Tim, how many of these have you played? I've played 18 of them. Does that include Sherlock Holmes? I think I included that, but not the Dominion Intrigue. Okay. So I've played 19 and 21 if I count Dominion Intrigue and the Sherlock Holmes one. Oh, okay. What's your favorite? My favorite, uh, it's kind of a toss-up. It's between Rising Sun or Twilight Imperium. <laughs> I know, Dominant Species. <laughs> I thought you like just blanked and forgot about it. <laughs> I love that look you gave second. me. <laughs> like, what? You're glaring. I was like, wait a minute, that's not your favorite. That's your favorite. <laughs> uh, mine... No, I do like Rising Sun and Twilight Imperium. So what's your favorite? Dominant Species. Okay. Yeah. Well, you kept like I gotta get these in there, so I'm gonna do the same thing. It was just funny the way you glared at me. Yeah. Like you were gonna punch me there. It's <laughs> you don't like getting punched. I know I don't. That's why I... it's tough. Uh, it's Mombasa, dominant species. I'm gonna give the honorable mention to Mombasa, and dominant species is my favorite. You I've made, had so many you games made the right call. of dominant species where I can remember exactly where we played. Yeah. Sweating the whole game, got to put <laughs> deodorant on or change my shirt. Right, um, you got to take a shower afterwards. Yeah, you know, the last like quarter of the game, everyone's standing up. Yes, it's a long game. We want to stretch our legs, but also it's that tense. Yeah, just great feeling of a game. I love it. When there's new events that come out and everyone's like leaning over the table, yeah, everyone's trying goosenecking yeah. trying to see what the read read all yeah, the cards just, and stuff. So yeah, that one's my favorite. Uh, what is one that you least want to play? Uh, well. So I least want to play, obviously, Kalis as far as 
ones that I've not played, and then Mombasa as one that I've played that I just don't want to play again. Wow. <laughs> so I don't actually have one on here that I'm like firmly against. Really? Yeah. So, but the one that I least would like to play would be the Sherlock Holmes. Okay. But I'd like to try that out solo or two player at some point in my life. Yeah. But there's there's nothing on here. I'm just like, yeah, stay away. Uh, what is the one you most want to play? I don't know if this will surprise you or not, but uh, probably the Gallerist, followed real closely by uh, Battlestar Galactica. Does not surprise me greatly in our talks during the episode. Yeah. That would probably be mine as well, the Gallerist. Like, kind of like the other way, there isn't one that, like... Actually, no, that wouldn't work, but... I want to play them all, but the Gallerist, like... I really want to play the Gallerist. I've almost bought it a couple times. I would like to try Battlestar Galactica... It's it's definitely the Galarus, though, is the one I'd want to try the most. Yeah. So that wraps it up, Tim, for the Board Game Geek Top 250. Sure does. So if you're still listening, you truly are a dual winner. And I'd like to say you are dual winners because hopefully there's more than one of you listening. And if there is, you can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Join the Board Game Geek Guild. That is Guild 3471. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. We're gonna see you in a couple weeks for another episode. We're still we're still chugging along. We're hammering them out. Hopefully, Michael can hop back in. Hopefully, you know if he can, he's in here and there. We'll see. We don't know yet. We'll let you know. Maybe they don't want him back in. Yeah, it's true. So maybe it's like a which I don't blame him. Maybe it's an us thing. You know, we lost Aaron as a host, and now Michael might be gone. Maybe. Do we got to try to like drag Johnny in here to see if <laughs> he can like see how long someone can stand us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Michael's got the record. Yeah. I'd have to look back at how many episodes, but yeah, it's uh... yep. well, Ryan, on episode 30, we're going to review Everdell and we're going to continue working our way through the Board Game Geek Top 250 games, numbers 50 through 26. We're getting down there. We're getting close. So now that we're getting closer and closer to the end of that, we might need some ideas of uh, maybe some top tens to go through, or if you have any suggestions on other lists for us to look at, make sure you email us or hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, whatever else Ryan told you to. Yep. So anyways, thanks for listening. You have a good night. I'm going to have to kick that hamster out, though, if you could keep running on his wheel. I'm going to exercise right now. Yep, I'm a fat hamster, and I'm not going to run on that thing until you're recording. <laughs> oh, there's somebody watching me. I better start exercising. <laughs>